The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is having a fantastic weekend. I hope you've had an opportunity to catch up with the series we've been doing with Wide Awake Jim on Central Bank Digital Currency, the Bank for International Settlements, all these worldwide international economic terrorists, the banksters, as Jim would call them. I see uh, the analytics in the show, and people are definitely listening. So thank you very much. Continue to spread the word. As you know here, we are trying trying to understand uh, the history of this technocratic system we find ourselves living in, as well as how things are shaping up here in the present, what it's going to look like in the future, so that folks could start to work on goals and solutions in their personal lives to insulate themselves or to live outside of this system as much as they so choose. In the end, we're all individuals. We all have free will, so we're going to do that in different ways. That's why there's no one-size-fits-all solution here. One of the things I've been doing at the Dustin Gold Standard over the last couple of months have, as I've asked uh, members of pain.tv slash gold to reach out if you had anything interesting to discuss, if you wanted to add to the conversation, if you wanted to come here and educate me and uh, other members of the audience. And so I've had a lot of folks reaching out and having a lot of fantastic phone calls with people from pain.tv slash gold. And I got a message on the platform uh, from a woman who was listening to episode 115 with my friend Dan Golvach, and we got into discussing artificial intelligence, the Antichrist. Dan's been studying the Bible and theology for the last 40 years, and this woman reached out. She said, hey, my husband has been continuing to educate himself on the Bible, the history of the Bible, variations of the Bible, translations of the Bible over the years, and he could fill in a lot of the blanks that were left behind by Dan which is great. Dan is actually really excited. He's going to be listening to this episode because he's always looking to expand his mind, his knowledge, his worldview as well. So I had a conversation the other day with Mark and it was fascinating. I almost wish we just recorded it, but I said, you know what? Let's hold right there. Let's bring Mark on the show. So we just talked for the first few minutes before I started recording this episode. So I want to introduce you to Mark. Uh, again, both Mark and his wife are members of pain.tv slash gold. So I thank you for that, Mark, and thank you for your time. I think this is going to be a fascinating discussion. I uh, got my nap in after a long night of work and uh, and we're good to go. Got my cup of coffee and... <laughs> No, this is going to be great. So I, I just wanted to tell the audience. So one of the things is I grew up uh, Protestant in a congregational church. At that time, it was, it was a really small church, probably 150 members. My mother was on, I remember, on a border committee at the time. The church was actually owned by the parishioners. So when they were selecting a new pastor, the members of the church would vote on this. It was it was really nice. And then as I got older, uh, my mother had, la after I left the area, my mother 
grandfather said, oh, I'm not a member of the church anymore. Eventually what happened is a lot of the old folks were dying and then the young folks didn't want to put in the time to help govern and manage the church and eventually they joined an association and she didn't like how it was run. So I sort of left the church for many, many, many years. Uh, now with my wife and with our new child, Willie, we're starting to experiment. We've been to a couple independent Christian churches and so I thought this was going to be, this will be a great conversation because I have a lot of questions that I've asked friends of mine who uh, are Christian over the years, and they can never answer a lot of these questions for me. So I'm hoping that tonight we can get to some of this, we can get into your interpretation of the Antichrist, Tower of Babel, all these type of things that you see people now talking about again as they realize that we are in some pretty strange times, Mark. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, like uh, I, uh, I came through a Catholic background, um, so I did the catechism and all that, and then doing, uh, and then we were nominal Christmas and Easter uh, stuff like that, and then I had left the church together, and it was uh, actually my uh, my my uncle uh, who was a farmer up in Wyoming that I would spend summers up there a lot of times, and he's the one that actually introduced me to the Word of God, and and then I started realizing, wow. So what I've been doing as a Catholic, kneeling before these statues and stuff like that, is actually breaking the Ten Commandments. And the scriptures also say that we we pray directly to God through Jesus Christ. We don't pray to anybody else, just Him. And we learn all of our stuff through the Bible and good sound teaching from pastors and other members. We, uh, I do know that uh, the scripture... Uh, as I come down to it, I'm a, what they call in the Latin term sola scriptura, a scripture only. I don't care about any other dogma. If it comports with the scripture, great. If it doesn't, I don't want no part of it. But that's how I, I'm, I'm laying down of the things that are going on. And far as the politics go, I've been political ever since I was in high school. I just kept on watching. I, I'm a fan of the U.S. Constitution, our founding fathers, and, and general history in, in the, especially medieval uh, history. Um, so that's where I come down. I just noticed that when I see the uh, politicians talking, I'm going, okay, they're lying to us again. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, I was down that path where the uh, Democrats, bad Republicans, um, right. But basically it's all the uniparty now. Uh, they, they're all in it for themselves. They don't represent us anymore. But uh, yeah, uh, so, so yeah, I look no, at the Bible and, and look at what the Bible says in prophecy, what they call eschatology, and uh, see how it's comporting with uh, how things are running today and how close we are to end times. So that's what I want to let, let's start with this. So, and you had mentioned, um, it was your uncle in Wyoming, a farmer who had introduced you to the word of God that made you step back and realize, you know, some of the stuff you had learned through the Catholic Church uh, was not necessarily in line with the word of God. Uh, like, how old were you then? I was probably around uh, 16, 17, somewhere around there. 16 or 17 so you've been i don't know if it would be studying or expanding your your knowledge on the word of god we talked a little bit about this before the show how many years has that been 30 40 years 
Yeah, it's been quite a while. And then there was a great hiatus in the middle there where I stepped away from all teaching and decided to uh, go sin. <laughs> well, hey, it is what it is, you know? You're, at least you're honest. Yeah, scripture, scripture does say that uh, sinning uh, is fun for a season, but it will bring your destruction. <laughs> Well, well, you know, I mean, hey, it is what it is, but at least you're, like I said, at least you're honest about it, you know? So, so let's see, I, I, let's start with this. Um, one of the questions I would, would ask if I was talking to friends of mine who, let's say, went to church, for lack of a better term, religiously, uh, went to church, I would always say to them, uh, well, who wrote the Bible? Like the Bible that I'm holding in my hand when I'm at church or a Bible that I might go buy at a store. Now, there's different variations of the Bible, translations of the Bible. We talked a little bit about this uh, the other day. So I want to get into that just for folks that let's say they've never gone to church or they haven't gone in a long time. They never asked these questions. I find it fascinating. What is the version of the Bible that you are reading? Uh, Where did that come from? What's the history of that? Okay, the I basically use two different Bibles. Uh, I use the King James uh, and the more in-depth with the other apocryphal books is the King James 1611. Um, and, uh, and my everyday reading is the New American Standard Bible. Um, it, it just it, it flows better because it's more modern English. You know, a lot of people get frustrated with reading old English. but uh, but it's, uh, it's it's good. Uh, the sixteen uh, the the Bible before the King James sixteen eleven, which is another good one, is called the Geneva Bible, and that's the one that John Calvin and his men up there in Geneva, Switzerland, put together. It was the uh, basically the first complete English translation Bible, and they got men as with the King James, they um, uh, translated it into English from the original languages: the Greek, the Aramaic, and the Hebrew. And uh, so they didn't want to go through like the, the Old Testament Greek translation, which is the Septuagint. They didn't want to go by that in case they may have missed something from the Hebrew. So they went directly to the original words. And uh, so the, those Bibles are a good sound Bibles to have. Uh, they uh, like the Geneva Bible was used by the people in our country, like that came over with the Mayflower and all that. So, and uh, um, uh, yeah, it's just there's so many Bibles out there, and it's very confusing. You go into a Christian bookstore and you just look at them, and you're going, "Wow!" I mean, there's just <laughs> some that are so. Uh, you know, like the the NIV, there it, it paraphrases uh, too much. NIV is a new international version, but they they paraphrase the Word of God too much, and there's a lot that can be lost in translation. So it's uh, and then there's just other stuff that's just complete trash, like the Living Bible that 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 this about four years ago or so they put out a gender neutral Bible. I'm going no. That you're not supposed to change or alter the word of God. And the book of Deuteronomy and Revelation actually uh, condemns it, you know. A gender so, neutral Bible. Yes. So yes. Where, where, where Adam was Eve and Eve was Adam? Is that the whole... Uh, they were like uh, the Barbie and Ken dolls. Yeah, no oh, change. my... <laughs> it's, yeah, the tra- yeah, it's basically the transhuman Bible. But uh, So you had mentioned uh, the Geneva Bible 
when they did the research for that, pulling from uh, Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew versions. Now, were those what? What was the original, like original, original text? Like, where? What's the story? Where does that come from? Okay, from the Old Testament, the you've got three books. The, the The Jewish word is called the Tanakh, which is an acronym for the the Torah. Uh, the Ketuvim and the Nevi'im, and those are so that breaks down the 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 Torah, the the prophets, and the other writings. So those uh, the the when you read the scriptures, you can tell it tells you who authored those. Like the first five books, that was all known as the first five books of Moses, and so those were written by Moses, uh, and uh, and the prophets are written by the name of the prophet that that or or like uh jeremiah he had his own scribe named baruch so that was brought down uh the there's three bible or books in the uh old testament like ruth uh uh nehemiah and i can't remember the other one but but uh, those were written in aramaic aramaic and uh let's see the and the new testament was all written in greek but they do have some Hebrew translations that they found, uh, like the book of Matthew, uh, that, that they found uh, probably back in the early 2000s, a uh, 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 papyrus of uh, uh, Mattis Yahoo, which is the Hebrew name for Matthew. So, so the Matthew was also within the time frame, within 30 years of Christ. That's when the, that was jotted down. Uh, and then, uh, of course, all the uh the epistles written by paul and then um and uh and john uh, mm -hmm. who also was the contributor i mean he wrote the whole book of uh of uh, revelation on the island of patmos when he was uh in prison there so mm -hmm. so when so was like when, when was, well no so when when was the first when was the first version uh like put together so you, you so you have these different people that write that wrote different parts, but when was it first compiled? Well, the 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 Tanakh. I'm not sure exactly the date when they actually compiled it into a book form, but it goes uh, because back in the ancient days, even at the time of Christ, everything was written in scrolls. Mm -hmm. So uh, nobody had a personal bible or writings in their house because of one they were very costly to make and uh and you had to have authorized uh, scribes from the from the temple and all that to uh write these things down because when they they had to be exact if they the each uh, hebrew letter has a numerical value so when they finished writing a scribe or a scribe would finish writing a a, a, a scroll down they would add it all up and if it didn't add up then they would scrap that whole thing and then they'd have to uh, start over again so uh, and those the scribes and all that they were basically all from the tribe of levi or mm -hmm. levi i don't want to pronounce it but uh so that was how that was done um the first uh translation i guess of the old testament uh would have been the septuagint and uh that probably it was around the byzantine era uh mm -hmm. that's when that came uh, came to be and then uh so 
far as other basic other translations of the complete Bible, I'm not sure of, but uh, William Tyndale uh, out of England, he was started uh, the first uh, English translation, and he did the whole New Testament and uh, I think all the way up until Chronicles uh, for uh, the Old Testament. And then he uh, he passed away. And then so the, the men over in Geneva, Switzerland, took up the mantle and then completed it. And uh, it was like 1580 is when they first published that. Oh, 1580 is the Geneva Bible. Okay. And then, and then you said there was something that was found or added in, in the early 2000s? Well, um, well, not so much added. When they had these... Uh, uh, conferences they would uh, determine what was going to be quotes uh, true scripture so they like the 1611 and i believe the geneva bible they 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 have and even the catholic bible the latin vulgate will have uh, the apocryphal books which are good for learning you know like, like the book of enoch uh the first and second maccabees and stuff like that those are in those older uh books and they're they're they are good uh sources of reading mm -hmm. so so do so, most, uh, most uh, don't have so do most say like non-denominational uh christian churches are they using generally the king james yeah or they would use uh the niv and uh, or they would use the, the what they call the new king james bible okay. and i'm like <laughs> okay why do we make need to make it new <laughs> <laughs> that's i know that's what i'm saying it gets it gets this is always it's good i, I want to have this conversation because it always gets kind of confusing you know it's like if you had uh 27 different translations and versions of the original constitution of the united states you know and then you're like well wait a second where, where do all the parts come from that's why i was just i, mean, I, have, I have quite a selection of bibles myself nothing on uh, compared to some other people but I, I i have a catholic bible i have a masonic bible i have uh nacb i have king james i uh the only i have the geneva on online you know yeah you know, on a pdf mm. but uh one of my friends, he basically said, this is the way these publishers keep people buying by creating new Bibles. Yeah, so they can keep on making money. It's like the um, iPhone. Because, yeah, so it's it's crazy. But there is a, also a nefarious aspect to it all. And uh, Satan, who is uh, the, the master of deception, is doing a lot of this. Yeah, which is a good, that's a good thing that you mentioned that because that's where I was going to go next. So one of the things we had spoken about the other day was different, uh, let's say, like the gender neutral Bible, for instance, which is just you know, ridiculous. But um, you will have people that will then take the word and then pervert the word, create their own translation or speak a certain way uh, in a sermon or from the pulpit or claim to be uh, speaking the word of God that are not necessarily just speaking what they believe and as you said you continue to study throughout your life so i might talk to you today about your interpretation of a certain book and five years from now you may say to me hey you know what i met some people i've been rethinking it that's honest uh but there are certain people who actually pervert it for the purposes yeah. of taking advantage grifting uh leading people in the wrong direction direction intentionally correct yes like one of the bibles that come to mine really quick is uh the jehovah's witness they have their own bible that they made for themselves to support their ideals 
I'm going, okay, you've distorted the word of God. And so, you know, you're, there's a price to be paid for that in the kingdom of heaven. So. Now, did they, let's just ask, let me just ask in that particular case. So did they, in their version, uh, did they have uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament? Yeah, they, they got a complete Bible, but it supports their narrative. Okay, so they wrote their own version. Yeah. Now, if you talk to someone who was a leader in that uh, in that movement, right, would they tell you that theirs is just an accurate interpretation of what we just talked about, the originals coming from, you know, Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek, or would, or would they, like, how do they justify it? They would say that they got it more from, like, God himself. He added these things, but that is false because God created the, when, the, when John finished up revelation, it was done. So, right. So, so, so they don't have any, like, is there definitive proof or do they say they found additional scriptures? They, out do in the backyard they don't have any way of uh, proving what they say, especially uh, if there's contradictions mm -hmm. and, uh, so the other one is, uh, I mean, the Mormons, they'll use the King James Version, but it basically is a, a backup book for their Book of Mormon and their other uh, uh, writings. Uh, I think the uh, Pearls of Great Wisdom and some of the other ones. I mean, when they, their Book of Mormon says that Jesus Christ was born in Jerusalem, how can that be that if he was born in Jerusalem, then he can't be the Messiah? Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he was uh, born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. So that's and the Book of Mormon, and I haven't studied this in depth, uh, nor have I seen the uh, Broadway play. But uh, the Book of Mormon, what that was written by, um, what was the who who wrote that? Or what did they Smith. claim? No, yeah, uh, uh, not John Smith. It's uh, it's an, uh, it's a Smith, but I can't remember his first name right now. But uh, okay, yeah. He's, uh, that he, he said that he got these golden tablets that were brought to him by a, a salamander. And I, I'm just going, okay, that's weird. When God wants to speak to somebody directly, he just does it. He doesn't need to disguise himself as an animal or anything like that for the most part. I mean, there are things where, um, like God talking to Moses from the burning bush. So that's... Uh, he does use mural uh, ways, but if it doesn't comport with his word, then it's not going to work because his work, his word doesn't contradict itself. People will say it does, but it doesn't. You mm -hmm. have to really go into it. You got to read what's ahead of it. Read that verse you're studying and read below it to get the full context of what's being said. Okay, and I just looked. It was Joseph Smith, uh, first pub published in 1830. So his claim was basically God came to him, and then he wrote this whole other part, and then that's what created the foundation for the Mormon religion? Yep, that's him. And okay. he was. they were persecuted everywhere they went. They were run out of their towns, and that's how they ended up in uh, Utah. And okay. they created their, their university, Brigham Young. I went to the University of Wyoming, so there were arch enemies so we had our little <laughs> saying yeah. uh, uh, you know brigham young uh, where boys are boys and girls are too <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me ask you this now when you've <laughs> gone through i'm sure you've done this so out of curiosity at least you said you have a pdf version 
uh, of an older Bible, if you looked at different versions, do you see um, clear differences in well, certain of the stories in a way that it actually changes the meaning? The, there can be. Uh, like, for instance, uh, one of the translations, uh, because they translated from the Septuagint, Exodus, Ten Commandments. The biggest one that everybody gets wrong is thou shall not kill. The actual translation from the Hebrew is thou shall not murder. There's a big difference. See how one word mistranslated can change the whole meaning of something? Mm -hmm. so, now, do you believe that's, now in that particular case, do you believe that's mistranslated when it was originally done on purpose? Or do you believe that was like, let's say, an honest mistake? It could have been an honest mistake, but remember, the Satan, he's very good at what he does. Uh, so he's, he's, whenever somebody is doing the true work of God, say, uh, Satan is in there trying to uh, uh, derail everything and to uh, uh, make sure that uh, that person is diminished so that nobody will pay attention. Oh, he's, he's one of those, you know, type of thing. So. Right. So would you say now, and in, in you're like, let's just take that for example. Based on your studies and in, in your interpretation of this, would you say thou shall not kill versus murder? Uh, murder meaning like I'm going to go out and just kill some random person in the street uh, versus kill in the place of, let's say, self-defense or you're defending someone else who is being attacked by someone. Do you think that that's the difference between the two? Yes. Yes. So you don't go out there and kill for no reason, basically, is what yeah. the, the idea is. Yeah, that is correct. I mean, when you when you got uh, other factions out there, uh, you know, like your Islamic background and and, so, and some of these other people that are saying we're killing for God, you know, a true uh, a Christian perspective is you never use Christ as your uh, your motive to go out and conquer. Uh, yeah. Now let, let's let's talk about that a little because you brought it up. So you uh, the Abrahamic religions, right? You have uh, Judaism, uh, then you had Christianity, and then uh, what is it about six hundred A.D. You had Islam uh, come about. Yeah, that's about, about correct. Yeah, the early part of six six hundred, and this is about when it came into being. Um, so you know, I mean, Robert Spencer, he's done a lot of great work on uh, uh, the the true origins of uh, Islam and, and, and their readings. Another good person for it is a guy who used to be a former PLO terrorist who became a Christian. His name is Walid Shubat. And uh, he actually goes into the differences of how uh, the Quran, the, uh, the Hadith and all that comport with uh, Christianity and the similarities because they're all Abrahamic and they, they did, come to uh, uh, share cultures and stuff like that but uh, but they are related I mean your uh, your Arabs are related to the Jews uh, uh -huh. but um, basically from two sources from the Old Testament uh, Ishmael and Esau Esau was mostly the Moabites yeah and just to cl clarify quickly Robert Spencer, because I used to study, uh, the, I know who Wally Shubat is, but Robert Spencer, 
he used to actually train uh, our intelligence agencies, right? Pre-Barack Obama. I think it was Barack Obama got rid of him. Okay. And he was the one who used to train the intelligence agencies. That was the beginning of sort of the wokeness within the intelligence agencies uh, under Barack Obama. And he got rid of Spencer and they got rid of all the training on uh, extremist Islam and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and his uh, website, Jihad Watch, is actually a good source to go okay. look at stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – uh, I, I studied a lot of Islam and stuff like that. And it's uh, – yeah, to me, uh, I'd probably offend somebody, but I believe it's the perfect religion of Satan. I really do. I mean, on the mosque of Omar in Jerusalem, it says God has no son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember uh, when I when I used to look into a lot of that stuff because I was looking at uh, oh, what what's that group now I can't remember Fair uh, Federation not fair not oh, fair care care, care. care. Uh, yeah um, care which is uh, what is it uh, was it Christian something is uh, yeah anyway I used to look a lot into that because I was looking at the infiltration of care into various. Uh, school boards, uh, and actually, this goes back. Oh wow! See, I, I don't even remember half the stuff I've been involved with. Back in my former life, when I was married, I had two stepkids. One of my stepkids was coming home with uh, projects. This was in um, Nashville, Tennessee, and his uh, math homework would be like, "There are five pillars of Islam." If you have two additional pill, and I'm saying, what is this? What what is this this math stuff? Next thing you know, so I keep my eye on it. He gets a project in his history class where he had to go into class and create a pitch to convert his fellow students. This is in the public school system, fellow students to Islam. Right. So we go online. This is at the time when. ISIS propaganda was big. So I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. He was in eighth grade, I think, and he was a real smart kid. So we go on this ISIS recruiting site, and we pull down all this stuff, and he goes into his class, and he does his pitch, and he gets an A+, plus, you know, 4-0 on the project, and he comes out. I said, all right, now we got him. So now I set up a meeting with his teacher and the principal of the school. I go in there. I said, I hope you know my kid just recruited his classmates to join Islam using ISIS recruitment propaganda directly from an ISIS website. And they oh, said, boy. what is this? Yeah, no, no, but that that's, see, now it's all coming back to me when I was studying all this stuff because it had to do with uh, what was going on. And I started looking into care and I found all sorts of money that was being funneled into boards of eds and state boards of eds and they were changing textbooks. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. I haven't looked at it in years. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist it's probably gotten a hundred times worse since i looked at it 